DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mountainland Supply. Join Scotty and Hands and Mountainland Supply's Customer Appreciation Day tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 1505 West, 130 South in Orm. Free street tacos. Appearances by the Diesel Brothers and Rulon Gardner. Plus free hats and t-shirts. Stop by Mountainland Supply tomorrow from 10 to 2. It's time to welcome in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, the Jazz are up three games to one. They have won three in a row since Donovan Mitchell returned. Some Jazz fans are still worried. Some cite last year's 3-1 collapse to the Nuggets. What level of concern do you have for the Jazz? Uh, that'd be none. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be none. No, they're uh, – and it's not like Memphis isn't competing and, and they're, they're not coaching this group up. And they're, I think, the youngest team in the NBA. But uh, – and they're putting up a battle and a fight, but not not back at home. They'll finish this thing at home, and uh, they're getting great production from everybody on the floor. And you can just see, I mean, every interview I hear, they talk a little bit about remembering last year and when they were up 3-1 and lost to Denver. But uh, this team is, is, is not going to get upset in this setting. And um, they're playing great. I mean, it, they, had, they had to play well uh, in the second half. Memphis, Memphis has been quite a test. They just play so hard, um, and I, I can't imagine Conley. You know, he looks like he grew up playing there. But he hit some big shots at the end of that game. Obviously, Clarkson and Mitchell kind of carried the team offensively, but um, the Jazz just continue to shoot the three ball, and that's been the difference. And um, they withstood some runs by Memphis, I thought, and that they could have kind of folded it, and they just came back and made big baskets. And fun game to watch. As I look at it, you know, I got to give Memphis credit for competing because they're an emerging team and they're young and all this. And we'll check back in two or three years and see who they add and how much better they can be. But for right now, as I just look at it, I just come down to the bottom line is the Jazz have more talent, which is why they're up 3-1. I can't really see any other explanation. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's not like both coaches aren't doing everything they can. And you're right about uh, Memphis. I mean, they play with great effort. They compete just like the Jazz do. And there is just a difference in talent level. There's just so many different guys on that team that can step up. I mean, Bogdanovich is kind of just not, you know, you don't even notice him in that game. And, and yet he's had games where he's had 25, 30, 40 points. You know, I mean, he's capable on any given night. <clears throat> Gobert is kind of just invisible the first half, and all of a sudden he gets 16 second half points. And and I, I honestly, Conley just seems more relaxed, more in tune with the guys. I mean, last year was a little bit of a struggle, but he's hit big threes, timely threes when momentum was shifting, and uh, and and obviously we the expectation for Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson is you know is given. I mean, you, you expect both of those guys to step up and play, and uh, and Jordan Clarkson could pretty much start on any other team in the NBA. He could probably start on this team if that's the way they wanted to go. But having him come off the bench, uh, I think, I don't know, he seemed like he scored like 10, 12, 13 points in a row uh, for the Jazz. So you're right. The talent is different. The experience is different. Jazz should win this game. They will win this game. But uh, it's fun to see a scrappy Memphis team play. I mean, we've all watched teams like this that are young like that, and they've got great energy. So, my hat's off to them. I, I, I didn't know a lot about the coach at Memphis. You know, I mean, he's got a pedigree. 
he's, he, he comes from a great line of coaches, but I didn't realize he was in his mid-30s. I didn't know much about him, so that's quite a success story in itself. So when you look at the Jazz, are the playoffs revealing any flaws to you that you think could be a problem down the line? The Jazz are pretty much who you thought they were. Maybe they're a little better than you thought they were. You know, I, I don't see any real significant flaws. I mean, they, they need to shoot the three ball well because they're not a team that's pounding it inside. Uh, there's not a lot. And, and they do run, but the, it's selective. It's not like they get a, a great deal of transition points, but I, I think – they just got such great shooters. They can space the floor. They move without the ball. The guys aren't standing around. And it's hard to guard teams like that, especially when they're such lethal shooters. So, and, and you got a big guy inside, Gobert, who, who's not selfish. You know, he may not get a touch and a half, and then he comes in there and, and uh, has a presence defensively and scores 16 points. So, I mean, you look at Ingles, Clarkson, Conley, uh, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, I mean, they're all capable on any given night. And I think the advantage that the Jazz have, too, is they've been there. This group's now been together for a while. And uh, you, you, just, uh, you just feel like no matter what kind of adversity they face, eventually they'll get through it and make the right play. And so I don't know if there's a, a team in the league that has a better chemistry and culture than the Jazz have. And, and, and there's, I don't know, there's a maturity there that basketball maturity that they seldom take bad shots they seldom take four shots unless you know somebody's defending them and they have to shoot something late in the clock i mean they're just that you don't see them take many bad shots and uh the ball never gets sticky it's always moving so uh no i i don't i don't see any weaknesses i mean the the, the team that i and i don't think they're going to get out i'm not sure that the lakers are going to get out of the playoffs the, the Lakers are a different type of team for anybody, and, and, and obviously the Clippers are playing better right now too, but the Lakers, if they were healthy, would be, it could be a challenge because they slow the game down, they can pound it inside, and when their shooters are shooting, it, they play different than everybody else in the league for the most part. And, and so I, that, would, that would be a matchup that I think with the Lakers were healthy and the Jazz were healthy, that would be an amazing series. But I'm not sure the Lakers will even get to that point uh, with, the, with the injuries they're having. So that, that's the one team, if they got healthy, that, you know, just any team that's got LeBron James on it can will themselves to win. He's done that a few times. But I, I, I just don't see anybody. I mean, I, honestly, it uh, looks like the Clippers are stepping up and doing things. You know, we may see a Jazz-Clippers matchup here sooner than later, and uh, we'll see what happens. But Jazz just have too much depth, too much shooting, too much maturity, and uh, and they're competitive. I mean, they are competitive and high basketball IQ team. They just don't make many mistakes. They seldom beat themselves. When I look at Mitchell now, I've come to the conclusion, maybe not on his own, can he tell everybody, all right, guys, get on my back, I'm going to take you. But with this team and the composition of the guys who are in the rotation, I believe that they can win a title with Mitchell being the leader on offense with the help that he has. Maybe not individually, but with his skill level and combined with his counterparts on the team. I think he can do it. What would you say? You know what? He, he knows how to create space on his own and, and to get shots. But the spacing of their offense, it's hard to leave Bogdanovich in the corner. It's hard to leave Conley up top. I mean, you've got guys, they have to honor the shooters. 
And so as if Donovan Mitchell didn't already have a skill set to create space and get shots off, it's even more so with the team and with his teammates. And I, and I think that his teammates are fully supportive of that. And, uh, and you know what? It, 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 Clarkson and, and I, I would, I'd be interested to know the minutes that Clarkson and Mitchell play together because both of them are really, really good with the ball in their hands. And, uh, and, and that's why Clarkson's so valuable that when Mitchell can step off the floor, that Clarkson can just replace him. Not that he's Donovan Mitchell, but he, he can score and he can create space and he can make things happen. So they even have that when Mitchell's not in the game. So I, I agree. I mean, uh, the, the setup, the, the, what they do offensively, the spacing, uh, and the ability to shoot the three makes Donovan Mitchell even a better player than he already is, and he's really good. But he, he gets space that a lot of folks don't get because people sag and help. I mean, look, look at how the Jazz guard Morant. You know, I mean, they know they don't have a lot of shooters. They can clog up the middle. Uh, if, if they had shooters, uh, Morant would even have more feet. And he, he's amazing as a young player. I mean, you, it's just so much fun to watch him and Brooks play because they're so competitive and they play at a high level all the time. But they have a much more difficult road to get to the rim or knock shots down because they don't, they're not surrounded with shooters like the Jazz are. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joining us. And I am curious if you have any inside information on what could possibly be going on with the Clippers because I thought Ballmer early in Game 3 was going to start firing people and cutting players. He looked way more into the game than anybody on the court. The Clippers were down two games to none and just getting drilled. I mean, it's 8-2, to two, where's the response? It's 16-4, to four, where's the response? It's 30-11. to 11. Now, the response comes and they win the game, so who cares about a bad first quarter? But in the moment, I thought Ballmer was going to explode, and he's the owner. He probably knows what's going on. It just strikes me that this isn't X's and O's. Whether well, personalities, chemistry, I can't put my finger on it. Can you? You know, a, a couple of subtle things that have happened. I, I would much rather have Reggie Jackson running the point, a guy who I know can make baskets. Not, not that Patrick Beverly doesn't have a role on his team, but he, they, can't, they can't win with him playing a point guard 30 minutes. So Reggie Jackson's the one thing. And uh, they, they've gone small as well. Uh, I think Batum, I think that's his name, is, uh, is an undersized big. And so... They, they have more versatility with that group, and, and, and certainly, uh, you know, the two key, you know, Leonard and, and, and Paul uh, are, are making baskets, and they're, they're shooting the three. I mean, they were 13 for 31, I think, in one game, and 13 for 33 in another. And so when, when they're hitting the three ball, Reggie Jackson is a guy that can, here again, create space. They have, they have to honor him, which gives Leonard and George opportunities to – you know, get into the seams and make things happen or help other guys. I, I don't know what happened psychologically or emotionally or within the chemistry of this team, but those two things, Reggie Jackson actually running the show now and then having Rondo come in. I mean, Rondo comes in and, you know, he has a, he has a quiet night, but all of his points were in the fourth quarter. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he scores late in games. So I think the, the Reggie Jackson and the Rondo – uh, I, I like that tandem of point guard, but I like Reggie Jackson. He's athletic. He can take a beating. He can play more minutes. Uh, that would be one thing that I see that uh, makes them better rather than just standing around passing a ball and taking contested shots all the time. And then, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how good a friend Paul 
I mean, Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is a really quiet guy, but I, everybody I know, uh, I know the, uh, a couple of guys here in Fresno are on the staff at Fresno State, and uh, they, they coach Kawhi at San Diego State. And uh, they said, you know, he actually has quite a sense of humor. He, he gets along great with his teammates. And so I, I, I give maybe Kawhi, because he and Paul are both kind of quiet guys. And uh, they're a little more reserved out publicly, though Paul's kind of got a form, a form a time or two in the last six months where he's saying things that have kind of beat, got him beaten up a little bit. But I, I just think that the two of them must be having conversations and, uh, and collectively as a team. I mean, they've kind of been embarrassed nationally. And they've taken a lot of wrath from a lot of folks, and rightfully so. They just haven't played the expectations or at a level they should be. Uh, but I, I don't think that team has great depth. I mean, if Morris can make baskets for them, they're way, way better. But they don't have a lot of guys coming off the bench knocking baskets down for them. So they got to kind of go with the guys that, that are good. And, and obviously they got two great ones. So uh, it's a collection of those things. You know, I, I mean, hey, listen, I know how competitive Paul is, and I know how competitive Kawhi is. It, it, it's, it doesn't settle well with them, and, uh, and they've shown it. And – I would be shocked if they lose this series. In fact, it, Dallas might not win a game. And, and the, the sad thing for Dallas is that Donkic looks like he's hurt, and that will really seal their fate if that's the case. From a coaching perspective, we've had some people get with us about how the Jazz games have been close. So from the fan perspective, they're nervous, you know, because they want to the last five minutes to be relaxed, feet up, and just play out the clock until you win, get to the, all the zeros. But from a coaching perspective, how good is it to have these games? They had a, cause Jazz have had a couple of games now where five minutes to go, you know, the score at least would indicate that the game is in balance. So I'm wondering from a coaching perspective, is that better for the team as opposed to just rolling out a bunch of 20-point wins? Yeah, because the farther they go in the playoffs, the closer and more competitive the games are going to be, especially on the road. And, and they have to go back. And if, you're, if your most recent memories are with three and a half minutes to go and you're up three on the road and you finish a game out like they've been finishing games out, that gives them confidence. Even though they're really good players and they're pros and they're some of the best in the world, it's, it's not like they can't lose confidence. And, you know, I, I think we just assume that they're just confident all the time. This is a game where a, a team can take you out of your confidence and your comfort zone. Teams do that defensively. And so – Yes, anytime you have games like this, especially when they're well-earned. If it's, if it's games where you're making mistakes and turning the ball over and having bad shot selections, but that's not what's happening. I mean, Memphis hasn't gone away. They, they've had, I mean, basically the last two games, the Jazz have had to, to really uh, shore up everything, make big baskets, make big shots, or they lose. And Because Memphis came at them. And I know they're not as talented as the Jazz, but on the road, anything can happen. So, yeah, I, I think those things are invaluable for this team, especially when they have a little bit of a history over the last couple of years of not finishing things and not being where they need to be. But, uh, uh, yeah, so anything, anytime they can face adversity and overcome it, it gives them more confidence. And, and certainly they've got a great coaching staff that puts them in good positions. But at the end of the day, uh, the, I think those kind of experiences will help you down the road. Uh, when you face adversity, how do you handle it? And who has the ball? What are we doing? Uh, and, and to be honest with you, the Jazz have done that really well against us. Anytime you're supposed to win, 
and a team is hungry, a young team like this, uh, you know you're going to be in for a battle. And uh, I think Gobert said it at the postgame, is that hey, everybody in this league is pretty good. And if you, you, let, you, you, you let your guard down at all, they're going to come at you and, and, and capitalize on your weaknesses. And so we, we just got to continue to play to the very end, uh, especially when you're on the road. You get a little maybe, – maybe it's a little more comfortable at home when teams don't shoot the ball. Well, you go in, going on, it's hard to win games to start with no matter what. I don't care what level you're at. But it's really hard to win games on the road uh, against good teams and the teams that play hard. It's a little easier when the big guy who couldn't shoot free throws is now at the point where he can go 7 of 9 and hit two pre- pressure free throws late in the game. Yeah. Gobert at the free throw yeah. line, that's, uh, that's changed over time. It has changed over time. And, uh, you know, and I think the thing about Rudy that you guys have watched him practice and play for a long time, but he doesn't, he doesn't force things anymore. He, he's much slower in the post, not in the sense that he's slow of foot, but that he just takes his time. He's more patient. He can step through, and he's not in a hurry to shoot the ball. I mean, I, I remember watching him two or three feet from the rim and getting in a hurry and trying to get there and be in an awkward positions and get a shot blocked or he's off balance. He's more balanced. He lets the game come to him. You know, a lot of guys get frustrated if they're not scoring. You know, and and, I, and I'm not saying that Rudy was like that, but I just know my experiences when guys that are averaging 15, 16, 17 points a game or, and all of a sudden they've got two or three, they're trying to force stuff. Rudy's not doing that. And uh, whatever he's done to get himself in a really good place mentally with free throws, because his form looks pretty good from what I've seen. Uh, but, you know, just being seven-plus foot and, and – you know, it, it, things can be a little more difficult for you when that's not something he's had to be counted on to do all the time. But they get eight or ten free throws from him a game and 15, 16 rebounds a game uh, makes him a lot better. But I, I, Rudy's really matured. I, in his interviews, it, it's just, again, you're around him a lot more than I am, but he just seems uh, more at peace with himself. He went, you know, that whole COVID thing, too, that, that had to really wear on him. And, and he seems like he's in a really good place. How important do you think it is from the Jazz perspective going forward to close this thing out in five? No, they need to close that out in five. Very important. Um, I, I think what happens if you don't, and then you got to go back to Memphis. The it, 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 our minds are funny. We go back when we start feeling a little bit insecure about whatever it is, and that things are, life is good, and then we get a little bit of hiccup, and then we're back where we are. It, it wears on you mentally and emotionally. And that, that takes a little bit of confidence for them. Not that, that they don't feel like they could still win this thing. They don't need to be going, ha- having a hiccup at home, getting beat at Memphis and going seven to win this in seven. Because every time you go out there and play, there's the potential for injury. There's the potential for anything to happen. And if you can have four and five game series and you're fresh going forward and you get to that conference, you know, finals and where guys are rested and they're confident and they're not banged up, it makes a difference. I mean, Let's let's face it. I mean, injuries have uh, had a huge role in a lot of teams in the NBA this year. And whoever gets healthiest at the end of the year, who, you know, when, when all things are equal, uh, is going to have a better chance of winning. So it's just one less game they have to go play. They don't need to play more games. Play plenty of games to know who they are and what's going on. Uh, so if you can sweep or win a series four to one, uh, it gives you less. You get rest. You're rested. You're mentally good and uh, you're just in a place 
that feels good as an individual and as a team and as a coaching staff. And not that this isn't already a really mature group, but uh, they're still human. They're still uh, always going to be doubts in your minds when you go up. That's what makes us nervous before games. Those are the things as coaches and players that you deal with. Not, and, and I think it's good. It's good to have the, a, a little bit of fear that you have a respect for your opponent. But uh, they don't need to be playing extra games against teams that they're supposed to close out because it's just it, it, bad things happen sometimes that way. And they, they want to be rested. They can get through these series, uh, get to the finals. Steve, we appreciate a little bit of time, and we will talk to you again next week when this series will definitely be over. Yes, it will. Hey, good talking to you guys. All right, thanks, Steve. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed next.